And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers, joined luckily again with both my co-hosts, Taylor Story, Chris Hayes. Guys, how are we doing today? It's great to be back. Let's go. Yeah, Chris, I feel like we miss you every week. I'm sorry, Taylor. I know you miss me. It's all right. Only sometimes when I'm laying in bed at night. Yeah. We got we got Chris back, so we, you don't just have to listen to me and Taylor argue about quarterbacks this time. Running backs, we'll uh, we'll have a neutral third party in there that can break things up a little bit. Guys, I'm excited! We're gonna dive into NFL news and upcoming football games this week. Let's get to it. So, first part of the news, guys. I think we've been talking about it. All summer, all offseason, Deshaun Watson suspension. So came down, it's six games. So we're going to see, what, 11 weeks, 12 weeks of Deshaun Watson, depending on the bye week. Um, talk to me about the suspension and then really dive into how this affects players on the Browns, fantasy value, and what has changed, if anything, for you guys in evaluating the players on this roster. Well... Watson moves up in my quarterback rankings. I mean, he has to at this point. Uh, the NFL can still appeal, I believe. Watson's camp said they won't, but I've moved him up to QB 12 right in front of Trevor Lawrence. So tail end of the top 12 um, kind of hurts still with the six games out. So if, if he was full playing a game, I'd probably have him right between Kyler and Dak, um, so probably at seven, but uh, he moves up for sure. I think he's safer option. Um, he's just back to being a normal quarterback. If, if you're drafting now, you're going to get him at a small discount still, so uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't draft him as a top five guy, though, to be honest still, but he moves up for sure. Yeah, for redraft, um, I mean, first I want to say, like, I'm pretty disappointed in the amount of games that he was – suspended for um it just to me it doesn't make much sense like calvin ridley got suspended a full year for you know, for betting like fourteen hundred dollars on on a game he wasn't even playing and and deshaun was accused by 30 different women um of sexual assault um and only got six so you know that part's disappointing to me um, but in terms of redraft rankings, um, I'm definitely not drafting Watson as my as my QB one. Um, I think if you want to draft Watson, I think the best strategy moving forward is to draft a safe a safe option with your first quarterback, like a Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, and then draft Watson a little bit later. Like if someone wants to draft him in the top ten, top twelve quarterbacks, like I think they're a little a little crazy. Um, but I think that's safe. Uh, that's safe and uh, safe quarterback upside quarterback approach will will benefit fantasy owners for for this season. Yeah, looking at best ball, Taylor, I'm kind of with you. I'll probably jump him into kind of that Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Tua range, most likely, kind of 17 or 18 through about 20. You know, part of that just being you're going for overall points, total points in best ball. And with missing six games, his his ceiling there is just capped by uh, those those full six games of not getting points from him. So yeah, that's 
it's tough to push him higher right now. I mean, he's already going off the board as QB 19 on underdog and best ball drafts. So I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to have any more Deshaun Watson. I was drafting some in March and April before basically the last two allegations came out and he was in the twenties then, but now it's just going to be a little rich for only being able to play in 11 games the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, again, interesting decision. You know, the NFL kind of took hands off, had a, had a third party decide. And so they'll, uh, you know, there aren't going to be any appeals. It doesn't sound like, and no. we'll, we'll see Deshaun Watson after six games. So uh, next news guys. Uh, so Tim Patrick out with an ACL for the year. I know I was texting you guys earlier. That hurts my best ball teams where I was drafting him, you know, in the rounds that are in the teens, 15, 16, somewhere in there early on in the season. Um, talk to me about this injury. And also I want to hear both of you say that this benefits Albert. O. go ahead. Uh, oh, man, um, benefits KJ Hamler. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, Tim Patrick was so, my breakout of that offense. To be honest, just, so that sucks. It's so, it's so disappointing. Like, I was so excited for Tim Patrick this year. Yep. Everybody was. Yeah, I think we yeah. we were we all knew that somebody was going to drop off, right? Whether it was Sutton or Judy or Patrick or Albert O in the passing game, somebody had to. Obviously, we didn't want it to go down like this, but you know, I think it. I like KJ Hamler. He's definitely a deep threat. I know he had surgery this off season, so he's still going to be recovering. Uh, I think he's he's going to be okay for the season, but again, I don't know what he's going to look like as far as his explosiveness and speed. So again, I mean, I don't, I want to find bright side in this since there was an injury and Alberto Cortland Sutton, even Judy a little bit, as you start taking pass catchers out of the offense, whether it's injury or something else, it just kind of consolidates, you know, to those other guys. I mean, I do hate to say it, but this probably does benefit Alberto, um, which, which, which kills me. I mean, I hate saying it because I'm not, I am, I am as, Con Alberto as it gets, but it, 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 it with one less mouth to feed, like Alberto will get more opportunities. I'm still in on Cortland Sutton quite a bit. Um, Judy, I feel Judy's stop. I feel like Judy's ATP ADP is gonna shoot up after after this because with Patrick gone, like Patrick was supposed to be the possession guy, like the the go to guy. I feel like on third down. The safety net. Now that he's gone, uh, I Judy could take over over that role. Um, so I feel like his ADP is going to shoot up, which will make him even less attractive to me, honestly. Um, but there's more opportunities. But this will hurt Russell Wilson for sure. Um, his fantasy, his fantasy stock. Because we're it's... not we're not sure about KJ Hamler, and even and even if he can, you know, if he even stays healthy. I think it's still going to be tough for all of those guys there. Um, just because there's still four of them. Obviously there's more targets to go around, but I still feel like it's not too clear what might happen. Um, obviously we knew one was going to drop off and be irrelevant. Now it's still one guys, maybe even two are going to, are going to vulture each other's targets and be at end of season irrelevant. I mean, most, I bet all four of these guys will have probably at least two, at least two each uh, fantasy relevant games. But as far as the season long goes, I don't, I just don't 
really feel like I can bank on any of them, and I don't really want to. If I if I end up getting them, I'm not too sad about it. Um, but I'm not looking to draft them and have them be in a really good and have them in a, a starting lineup spot every week. Like I wouldn't feel too good about that. Still, are you so, talking about Broncos pass catchers in general? Yeah, just all all four of them: Hamler, Judy Sutton, Alberto. Uh, I, I, if I'm starting any of them. Oh, and that's my starting guy. I just wouldn't. I still wouldn't feel too good about it. Let's say, like, not. I'm not overjoyed about it. You know, I'll be fine with probably Alberto, Judy Sutton, um, Hamler. Definitely not. But I'm not going to be like, okay, that's a locked and loaded spot. Like, I've got this. I've got Sutton. I've got Judy. It's just they're not at that level. I don't think still. Yeah, I'd, I'm okay with Sutton and Alberto if those guys are starters. Uh, and then just to go back, Hamler was uh, an ACL and a hip injury back in week three against the Jets. So kind of trying to get back into things to get ready for the year. But, you know, we've talked about it earlier in the offseason. It's going to be interesting to watch kind of how the ball is distributed in the offense because let's not forget Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are there as well. So, so uh, much going on. Yeah, yeah, and a, a new quarterback. As much as we, you know, love Russ, it's it, where's the ball going to go? Uh, it was really consolidated in Seattle, and now we're we're just unsure. So, guys, Dolphins were stripped of 2023 first round draft pick and some fines. So, Taylor, go ahead and break down kind of what's going on there, and then as far as the the team goes, you know, not having that draft pick for next year when it seems like they're trying to build something with Tua. Tyreek Hill, Gasecki, and Waddle kind of while they can here. Yeah, so it's actually not Brian Flores related, which what if somebody sees it, that's probably their first thought. Um, but it's not. It's it's actually for tampering that they did uh with Tom Brady when he was looking to change teams. I know we all heard, oh, he's going to Miami, he's going to Miami. And actually, uh Sean Payton. So they got fined for that, they lost a draft pick for that. Um just sucks for the team. I mean, they trade those picks this year for Tyreek and just a bunch of picks everywhere. Now they lose another 23 first. Uh, It's just not, I mean, it's not good for any team, but especially kind of a team like this, that that's still building pieces. They seemingly add really good pieces all the time. It's just, just not ideal, but, uh, but yeah, anti-tampering dolphins got uh, nicked for it. They got them. Uh, Tom Brady, Sean Payton, interesting crop of two old guys that, uh, that they were trying to get there. Yeah, it's and I I feel for Mike McDaniel's right, like he's coming right, in there exactly. as the the new head coach and looking forward to future seasons. But without all of a sudden you lose a stud. Yeah, without potential studs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the Dolphins haven't even potentially been hit for potentially uh, tanking games as well. This was just. Oh, no, I think they said they reviewed that and they found nothing. So that I think they're in the clear with all that Flores stuff. Okay. So next news item, guys, Debo Samuel finally signing an extension, three years, $73 million just over. Uh, thoughts on this? I think we were kind of expecting this to happen, but again, with what we've seen this offseason with big-name wide receivers being moved, it was never a guarantee. So what's Debo's outlook this year? I think people go different ways with Trey Lance coming into the offense and exactly what his role is going to be. Cause it sounded like he didn't want to be used as a running back quite as often as he was avoid some hits. So talk me about the extension and the outlook for Debo this year and into the future in San Fran. I think this is great news 
um, for anyone that's a Debo Samuel fan. Um, the latest, the most encouraging news I, I saw, like the extension is great, but when Debo spoke on it, he said he and Kyle Shanahan were on the same page when it comes to running the offense and how Debo will be used, which is exactly what we want to hear as as fans and as as fantasy players. So it's really good to hear that, you know, Debo and, and Shanahan are on, on the same page for however he'll he'll be used in the offense, which I assume will be in a variety of ways. Tell you what though, if they keep using him the way that he used last year, I don't I don't know if he's gonna see the end of that extension being healthy. So yeah. Maybe they got to change it up a little bit because um, obviously he's trying to, he's taking running back poundings at that point, right? So, and we all know how long running backs last. Uh, it's definitely going to hurt his wide receiver performance in the long run, but can definitely still be creative with him. Uh, happy he got the extension. Always happy when somebody gets paid. Um, mil- uh, millionaires, you know, taken from billionaires. It's great. Um, so, yeah, happy for him. He's going to do great for fantasy again. Trey Lance is looking good in. Uh, in some camp videos, just gonna throw that out there. We right. all know, we Albert, all know how those go, but Albert O going up. Trey Lance, I didn't see him. no, I didn't Trey see Lance him. has yes. Debo. I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting for you guys to give me my roses <laughs> here for picking these guys. All right, so, uh, but no, I, you know, excited for Debo. Excited for San Fran to have him. Obviously, a special talent. Uh, it is going to be interesting to watch kind of how he's used. And I, I have kind of tempered expectations for him as far as fantasy goes because if he doesn't want to be used in that running back position and wants to be more of a traditional wide receiver, definitely still talented. Definitely, I think, a top 12 guy. But I think that could pull him down from getting up to, say, top five position if he doesn't have some of that rushing threat, especially in the red zone. So it will be interesting to watch kind of how he's deployed out there. Um, Guys, other news today or yesterday and today, Irv Smith with thumb surgery. Uh, You know, I think myself and Chris both have liked him. We know there's literally no one else on the Vikings depth chart. No offense to the guys behind Irv Smith. I just don't know your names um, other than looking them up just a few minutes ago. So not ruled out for the opener, but they really don't have a lot of options. Uh, Hopefully something small. But guys, are we worried about this surgery? Uh, Yeah, anything to a hand for a pass catcher is not good, especially requiring surgery. you can't escape injury bug. It seems like it's weird, but uh, yeah, not ruled out for the opener. It's also weird when they come out and say he's not ruled out for the opener. Um, it makes me question more if he's going to be there for the opener. So uh, as a Packers fan, sure. Hope he's not there. Maybe they just bench him. Hope he, I hope he gets healthy and they just maybe bench him for rest and he doesn't play against the Packers. But uh, yeah, hope he gets healthy. I, I He should be back relatively soon i'd imagine he's going to be back for that first game yes i hope he's back for that first game as well because the vikings are just a different offense when when he's on the field and giving kirk captain kirk that that third third proper weapon so I, yeah i mean he's I a playmaker he, yeah um so i hope he i hope his surgery goes well and that he's back on the field soon yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp. I've drafted a lot of Irv Smith in the offseason and in best ball. So hoping that is true that he's 
you know, going to be back by the opener, ready to go. I do think that offense is going to be better. New coaching staff coming in uh, could be just more explosive. And with, you know, some of Thielen's uh, leading metrics as far as efficiency dropping kind of year over year, they're in need of, of somebody else out there um, to be a threat behind Justin Jefferson, you know, whether it's KJ Osborne, whether it's Irv Smith, the tight end. So hopefully he's able to fit into that role. And then guys, like I mentioned in the opening Hall of Fame game this Thursday, God, NFL, let's go. Football, football is back. Jags, oh, 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 oh. first Raiders. Now, we already know Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play. Travis Etienne is not going to play. Don't care. Don't um, care. Definitely going to be some Raider starters. Not Don't care. As well. But we do have football fired up today. We've got running back rankings. Let me know how you feel about football being back Thursday. Oh my God, I'm going to be driving home from a golf tournament and I'm definitely going to have it on my phone in the car. So if you see me on the road, stay away from me. Uh, If I crash, I'll still probably just sit there and watch the game and wait for the paramedics. So don't care. Uh, So yeah, watch out if you're anywhere on the roads in North Carolina. Just keep your eyes peeled. I'm not in North Carolina. Um, Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that football is back. Um, Yeah, there's just no two ways about it. It's just... Guys hitting guys. Let's do it. All right. Speaking of guys hitting guys, it's time for me to defend myself against this time two people, not just one, on my running back best ball rankings. Guys, let's dive into it. So I'll go ahead and kind of kick it off the way that we have the past shows. I'll run through my top 12, my running back ones. Uh, Again, this is most of best ball is going to be half point PPR. So that is what I've kind of based this off of. And if you follow us on Twitter, either myself or QC underscore fantasy, you've probably seen uh, some tweets after the last show, myself and Taylor. Again, I am just going for upside here. I understand risk with injuries, but I'm not going to try to predict those as much as some people can look at injury proneness. Yes. If somebody touches the ball more and more and takes more hits, the likelihood goes up, but All else being equal, this is kind of the way that I have things playing out and how if all these players are on the board at one time, the order in which that I would draft them on my best ball rosters. So to dive in again, I talked about this in my hot takes. Uh, You guys know I'm going to be consistent. I've got Christian McCaffrey at number one, Jonathan Taylor pretty easily at number two. Those are top two. I don't care which way you flip them. I think the addition of Baker Mayfield has helped out in that and I I do think that even if Christian McCaffrey does not get the workload that he has gotten in previous years, which honestly I hope he doesn't so that he can stay healthy, he is so efficient in what he does, both running the ball but especially in the passing game. And in half PPR, I think that's where I give the advantage to Jonathan Taylor, all else equal, both of them playing 15, 16 games, whatever the case may be. Um, So coming in at three behind them, Austin Eckler just on a top-notch offense. We saw last year he started getting red zone touches. Hopefully they keep that up. And similar to Christian McCaffrey, they brought in Isaiah Spiller to hopefully spell him, take some of those hits off of him that he's not having to run in between the tackles as much. Dalvin Cook at number four, I mentioned with uh, the Irv Smith stuff. I think that offense is just going to be better this year. Coaching staff coming over from the Rams. We know what that offense looked like. Najee Harris coming in at five. That is really just a volume play. And to be honest, I don't know if Mitch Trubisky is a worse quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger was last year. So this offense could potentially be better. Derrick Henry comes in at six. Again, just an absolute freak. And he's going to get the volume 
Joe Mixon at seven. He was a top four running back last year, full point, full point PPR. Really good offense. We know that, expecting him to perform well. DeAndre Swift, I know I took some heat last year in our draft, guys, paying up for Swift, and that panned out pretty well for me. Aaron Jones, he's kind of been a darling for us this offseason, talking about his pass-catching ability and what his splits look like without Devontae Adams on the field. Javante Williams coming in at 10, followed by Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. I think those last three, you could switch any way that you any way that you want them. Rumblings are that Alvin Kamara's suspension is going to get pushed off. I think because Drew Brees is not there, the amount of opportunities that Kamara is going to get out of the backfield uh, is going to be less than what we've seen in the past. And so that's where I put Javante and Saquon, again, barring any injuries, things like that, up above him. So... Doesn't matter which one of you is up first. Give me your thoughts, what you think about this, and then I will try to defend myself uh, based on what you guys think. Go ahead, Chris. All right, I'll I'll give it a go. Um, I think McCaffrey Taylor. I, I think you're you're good there. Like if, if you want to take one or the other, that that's fine. Um, Eckler, Cook, Najee, Henry, Mixon, Swift, Jones. Like it, to me, Eckler, Cook, Najee. Najee and Derek, you know, they're to me they're all pretty interchangeable. Mix, uh, Mix and Swift and Jones, all pretty interchangeable. I'm, I'm not. I'm just I'm not in on Javante though. In, in be, even for best ball in in this in this tier one class, it's just like like he is going to be splitting time with Melvin Gordon, whether we want to believe it or not, and his his. His opportunities are going to be limited because they are going to use Gordon. Like I would rat in in best ball, I'd rather draft a guy that I know is going to get a ton of carries, and that you know someone like Leonard Fournette, um, somebody like J- even James Conner. Like I hate Arizona, but James Conner is going to get fed this year. And Leonard, like the, I, I'm pretty much at, I know I was harping on it a few weeks ago, but you know, I've kind of backed off on on Leonard and you know the weight though. <laughs> the weight story so i'm back in on leonard but you know, i just between the split you know splitting carries i'm really not in on javante being in that top tier i think if you want the upside like saquon's a great play even though the giants you know could be a, a disaster again um and camara obviously gives you that high upside because he can pop any any given week but i'm just not in on Javante, even with the improved offense, I just I don't think there's enough to go around. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think the two guys that I really would change sit right next to each other, and that's Aaron Jones and Javante. Uh, one I'd move up, Aaron Jones. One I'd move down, Javante Williams, for a guy uh, you'll talk about here in a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the only thing about Jones is. It is it is hard to move him up. I think some of the guys ahead of him might be a little more consistent game in game out. So if you're looking for that, I feel like he's in a good spot. But I mean, tell me, Aaron well, Jones for best ball, more. I mean, Jones has he has overall running back one upside overall. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But it's going to come from his. Two or three forty-point games, he's probably going to have this year. So, but like, I, I think for me, I, where I, he didn't play with Devonte Adams though, and that's going to be this entire year. I know defenses will be able to plan for him more, but he's going to get. He's one of the few that are, that's currently in 
Aaron Rodgers' circle of trust. Is a very yeah, Aaron, to... the Packers' scheme isn't going to have one player try and do it all. So I don't, I don't think it's going to change too much as far as what we might see from Aaron Jones, but he can do it and it's going to have to be more regardless. Um, the targets will be more, the carries will be more just because that's what it's going to have to be without Adam. So I, I feel like I'd probably move him up in front of Swift and Mixon. Um, I don't think I can put him in front of Henry and Harris. Her- Henry's basically the same guy. Um, if you don't want to draft Henry and not deal with the injuries, then that's fine. Maybe take Aaron Jones over him. But so jo- Jones, I'd move up Williams. I'd probably drop just outside of the top 12. Um, I'll kind of, kind of lead you into the second half of the uh, you know the 12 through or 13 through 24 gram if you want to unless you got anything else to say with the rb1s but I, i'd move javante for a guy maybe like nick chubb i'd move up there especially with watson out but uh back to you graham either defend yourself or, or carry on <laughs> yeah so i think I, I do draw a line kind of right there at joe mixon and and part of that is the guys above that are guys that we just kind of consider to be workhorses and mixon is kind of in that realm, but also on a better offense than, say, Swift or Jones. I agree that Jones has some of that top-end potential, but I just don't know how much maybe him and Swift are going to be handcuffed by the guys that are in the backfield with them who are better than anybody that Mixon has in the backfield, right? So that that's the interesting piece there. And I kind of paired Javante with them where I think Javante is a big-time talent. He's going to be splitting carries and touches with Melvin Gordon. But we've seen flashes where, again, when I talk about upside, you know, we last week we had, I mean, last year we had Javante with weeks of being the running back nine, the running back eight. He had a running back one week, a running back nine, and then he had about three other weeks where he was top 24 and that was really a 50 50 split and i'm hoping and thinking along with a lot of other people that this may move towards like a 60 40 or 65 35 split and if i'm going to take a swing on a running back early on in a draft uh without taking a cmc a taylor an eckler a cook who i feel really good about uh javante would be the one in best ball where if he pays off uh at adp it it could be lights out so that's that's kind of why I put him there, but I do understand that there is a good bit of risk in that. Again, often in the offense, a lot of talent there. We don't know where the ball is going to go, but that was kind of the reasoning behind it and where that split comes in with Mixon as well for me. But like you said, I'm going to lead you guys into the next 12 here, RB2s. So it starts off with Leonard Fournette and Nick Chubb. I I like I like Nick Chubb. I mean, I think everybody does, right? He is an unbelievable talent. But when I look at half PPR, if this was standard, I move him up. But half PPR, even I, I've got to drop him down into that second twenty-four. And with Kareem Hunt, you know, sounds like staying there this year, it does kind of limit his ceiling as well, barring injury, right? So Leonard Fournette, a little concerned about the weight stuff, a little concerned about Rashad White, um, but. If he was an RB1 over Javante, Barkley, or Kamara, I would not be surprised. Uh, and then coming in next, I've got Travis Etienne, which is is high for him, but his ADP is starting to get up there as well. I like the pass-catching ability. Christian Kirk's the number one wide receiver in this offense, thinking this offense is only going to go up. I know everybody's talking about James Robinson supposedly being healthy now, but if Cam Akers came back in the time he did and his efficiency wasn't all that great, James Robinson isn't going to do anything, at least not anytime soon. 
Speaking of Cam Akers, uh, got him right behind Travis Etienne here, followed by Brees Hall. So, again, kind of younger guys that I am looking for some ceiling. I know Akers is on a good offense. I know you guys are aware that I think the Jets are going to be improved. Brees Hall, again, I don't think he gets enough credit for how freaking good he was in college, and I think he's going to be good in the NFL. If he had come out last year with the guys that we saw with Harris, Etienne, and Javante, he would have been right in those conversations last year as far as draft picks go and the excitement in the fantasy community. It's just this year we were comparing him to Kenneth Walker, who is nowhere near as talented. Uh, So following him up, I do have James Conner there. I do think there's going to be a lot of volume. Um, I just, I'm not a huge Connor fan. I don't think he's the best football player. Um, And again, if I have Kyler Murray as the number one QB and I'm anticipating him doing more in the red zone than Connor did last year, that's kind of where it affects Connor's value um, because he had a lot of touchdowns last year that I'm thinking are going to be siphoned away. A little bit of touchdown regression here. J.K. Dobbins comes in uh, at 18. Ezekiel or 19, sorry, Ezekiel Elliott in at 20, followed by Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. That's a pretty gross run for me personally, but those are guys that are starters in at least the first two what should be pretty good offenses in Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Jacobs that I think volume and just running more plays and being in the red zone more often will pay off for those guys, as opposed to David Montgomery, who follows them up at 22. A.J. Dillon, just love the upside. And again, having A.J. Dillon as high as I do is also where I kind of handcuffed Aaron Jones up there and not push him in closer to that top five range. And then I think you guys know somebody that I just absolutely love, Chase Edmonds in at 24, which is extremely high for him. Luckily, I don't have to pick him there. But his pass catching ability and some of his efficiency numbers over the past few years um, have just been off the charts. And so if he does end up being the guy, as much as I know they've got talent at wide receiver, um, I can see Tua using Chase Edmonds a lot. And I think he can finish as a top 24 running back, which was, again, one of my hot takes in previous shows, so I'm going to stay consistent. Guys, a lot of blabbing there about some of these guys, trying to get ahead of the arguments that I know are coming here. So go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah. Let me know where I'm wrong. I think I'll probably just touch again on Nick Chubb. I feel like I'd at least have him in front of Leonard Fournette for me, especially with those first six games. Um, it's going to be a lot of Chubb, especially with Brissett at quarterback, most likely Brissett at quarterback. Um, it'll be a whole lot of Nick Chubb. Um, He's going to be the touchdown guy. Deshaun Watson's then even going to have to get back into a groove when he comes back. How rusty is he going to be? How ready is he going to be? Um, I think we'll see a lot of Nick Chubb this year. I think he finishes in the top 12 easily. Um, As far as dud to stud games he has, you kind of got to weigh that. I feel like it's going to be pretty average for him. I don't think he's going to kill you any given week just because of the volume he's going to have. So that might be why I even move him up a little bit more. Um, And then as far as everything else, People are probably going to rag on you for Brees Hall just because of the hype. I feel like that's a pretty good spot for him, middle RB2 uh, as a rookie, especially on the Jets. Um, how much are they going to score? How many opportunities are you going to get at the goal line? Um, I don't think it'd be crazy to say that A.J. Dillon finishes above Brees Hall easily this year just because of the opportunity that's going to come Dillon's way. Uh, I can't remember where I saw it today, but... I think it might have been Fantasy Pros. One of Fantasy Pros' like official hot takes was that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon finishes the top 15 RBs. I'm going to jump back in. How, I didn't say I was agreeing many, with it. How many touchdowns are we expecting the Green Bay Packers to score All, this year? Yes. 
I mean, all as of long them. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is still quarterback, right? Well, and this is that's and they where still I just play, can't. and they still play Detroit and Chicago twice a year. Well, this is where I can't just push AJ Dillon up and Aaron Jones up. I think as far as just sheer volume goes, I just I don't know how many touchdowns that offense is going to score when no offense to Alan Lazard. I like him. I like him in best ball. We'll talk about wide receivers in the next show. But I just can't keep pushing both of those guys up further. Go ahead. Sorry. I cut that off because of the the hot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely hard to, but um, I'm not saying I necessarily would either. I just feel like I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Dillon finishes as like, middle of rb2 as opposed to towards the end you know i it, i wouldn't be like oh wow aj Dillon had a had a phenomenal season you know i'd go okay i, like, I could have seen that coming yeah. you know type of thing but and as far as everybody else zeke just keeps falling um him at 20 just feels right at this point um i might even put him behind a guy like josh jacobs um josh is gonna get a lot of work this is last year of his contract i'm sure they're gonna run him a good bit the only difference is Derek Carr is going to want to throw the ball every single play. So that that's where we're going to have to kind of, again, wait it out and see. And that's why he's ranked down there. So I do like where he's at. David Montgomery, it's the Bears. Um, and then, yeah, A.J. Dillon, Chase Edmonds is a good finish up there. Same thing with same thing with Chase Edmonds. Great player. If they didn't get Tyreek, I'm willing, I mean, where would you put him? Five spots higher if they didn't get Tyreek, probably? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably Easily do it up. Definitely above Dylan and Montgomery, and then you just have to weigh, is that offense, you know, is the volume he'd get without Tyreek better than just the offenses in Las Vegas and in Dallas lifting up those other two guys? So, And then, of course, there's J.K. Dobbins and wondering about his recovery and where he is, which we've talked about on previous shows in the news. Um, So, again, there's there's a little bit of risk involved there, but, yeah, you guys know I'm I'm a huge Chase Edmonds fan. Yeah, I I feel like the middle of those RB2s, could could be from Brees down to Edmonds even can just be randomized in any which way and nobody would probably say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grace, what you got? Yeah, I've man, I think you've got a good. I think you've got the right guys here. Um, like I, Taylor, I get what you're saying about Chubb, but like, Chubb's also. Probably at some point he's going to miss games this year. Like I, I'm not sure if he's even played a full, a full season in the NFL. So I, honestly, Graham, I think you're spot on with with Chubb's ranking. Maybe one spot higher, but I wouldn't put Chubb in in front of Leonard. But I'm also I'm big on big on Leonard and his volume this year. Yeah, Leonard's also big on Leonard. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know you can be big, but you can you can still rumble. All right, <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, if Cam Akers is healthy, like, good pop. Like, there's no doubt about it. We've seen how, like, how uh, starting running backs for the Rams can, uh, you know, can produce, whether it's Sony Michelle or, or Daryl Henderson. Um, so let's let's hope Cam Akers is healthy. Um, but but there's definitely risk involved. I I do like Brees Hall. You know, I'm a little more bullish than. On him now than I was, you know, when he was drafted, because just because I think the volume will be there. But I was looking over the Jets' schedule the other day, and it it is horrific. Like it is, it is really difficult. Um, so that has me a little bit worried. I I like James Conner. I get what you're saying about like Kyler taking touchdowns away, and I do think there will be regression. But without Edmonds there, 
I think there's going to be a lot more receiving opportunities for James Conner, which it may not level out the touchdowns, but he's still going to be really productive as long as he's healthy and they utilize him correctly. And even Kingsbury knows. Like, he came out and said, we gave, when Edmonds was out and Conner was getting 20 touches a game, he's like, we used him too much. Now he's a little banged up. So I think they'll be, oh, God forbid, I use Kingsbury and Smart in the same sentence, but let's let's hope. Uh, Dobbins, Zeke, Jacobs, like they're they're all kind of boring. I I like Jacobs. Just I just I, I like the Raiders' offense. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. We'll see with Dobbins and his health. Um, Lamar could just be in for a for a monster year, but but we'll see. Um, the Zeke Tony Pollard split that's that's going to be real this year. There's no doubt about it. People are probably sleeping a little too much on Zeke because he will get volume, but I mean the split is yeah. Uh, you may have Montgomery a little bit too high just because that offense is going to be putrid. It's going to be so bad, and they're and we'll see how. Uh, um, who's their Who's their new coach? Eberflu. Who's that? Sorry, the Bears' new coach. Bless like, you. We'll, like we'll we'll see if he uses. Uh, Jesus. Montgomery and show, show some respect to the man. I can't. He's in Chicago. That's um, true. But we'll see. You know, we, he may implement more uh, Khalil Herbert as well. Um, and yeah, I think I, I, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish up. Just I. I'd probably move AJ Dillon a little, a little bit higher, just because he is going to get more work. But if Aaron, Aaron Jones is, if there's one knock on Aaron Jones is that he has had like there's just there's volatility everywhere with the running backs. But if Aaron Jones ever went down, like AJ Dillon would be a, he'd be a lock and loaded RB one if Aaron Jones was out. There, there's no doubt about it. So I'd probably take him a little bit higher. But yeah, definitely take him in front of Montgomery and Zeke and, and probably Dobbins. Um, maybe not Jacobs, but I've got Jacobs a little higher. And I think you're spot yeah. on with Chase Edmonds. Um, I, it sounds like he's, he is going to be the RB1, but, but we'll see how, you know, how the targets and, and the touches uh, are spread out in that offense. But I like the guys you have here. The only one I'd move down little bit more if i were to move someone out would be david montgomery yeah and i'd i'd love to have khalil herbert higher and montgomery lower like i i just montgomery's not a guy i'm a huge fan of but i think with how that offense is shaping up with justin fields and having no targets to i mean mooney and Komet and a bunch of other guys right that i think montgomery and hopefully khalil herbert are going to have the opportunities as far as james connor goes i i did push him up like i i would normally have him in that zeke jacobs realm right i just i'm not a huge fan of those guys but because i think he's just going to get more volume on an even better offense and probably have more workload than zeke is going to have because tony pollard is there i did push connor up um and then yeah it's you know, it's hard because, like you said, there is the chance that if something were to happen to Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon just skyrockets. But in trying to kind of draft these, you know, like I said, I'm, I've entered into more than probably about 65 different best ball drafts now. It's it, you take that risk. Um, but like if I have Aaron Jones, obviously I'm not touching A.J. Dillon um, and vice versa. So I think that I try to balance that. And again, look at this as look, if everybody plays 
15, 16 games because guys are probably going to get missed one or two here or there, barring big injuries. This is kind of the way that I'd, I'd see it shaken out. And then we did talk about Tony Pollard. I am going to go a little bit farther down this list just because uh, flex spots in best ball and in some of this. So, guys, beyond that top 24, you know, you do have the names of starters like Elijah Mitchell, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson. And then you can throw in a Tony Pollard, a Kareem Hunt, uh, guys like Devin Singletary, CEH, Damian Harris, James Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, on and on, the aforementioned Melvin Gordon. So, Pick out guys here. Again, I'm usually looking at four or five running backs, right, in these best ball drafts. If I go heavy on running back early, it's probably four. Uh, if I kick it down the road a little bit, looking five. But who do you guys see on this list lower down? I do kind of have them grouped because you get into some pass catchers, pass catchers a little later on, some other handcuff guys. But who are some guys that at least in best ball you'll get excited about? And then I'll kind of also throw out some guys that I have pretty heavy ownership uh, outside these top 24. For me, well, go ahead, go ahead, Dale. Sorry, I was just gonna say real quick before, uh, since both of you mentioned it, and I didn't really. Uh, James Conner, biggest regression candidate of 2022. I'll just say that uh, he had 3.7 yards of carry last year. It's just absolutely awful. Saved by touchdowns. Everybody know if touchdowns regress. There, I don't think there's any way. He, I bet he doesn't get double-digit touchdowns this year running the ball. So he had 15 last year. Um, but I'll, I'll carry on, so you guys can't respond to that. Um, I love drafting guys early um running backs early that is maybe get two or three pretty solid rbs and then i'm waiting i mean i'm waiting and i'm picking up guys i'm just loading up on guys like jamal williams jd mckissick uh naeem hines guys that are gonna either score like one point because they're gonna have one catch or they're gonna score 18 points because they caught five balls for 40 yards and one 30 yard touchdown so that's kind of i really just ignore the entire like mid 20 to 40 range of guys. Like I just, I'd rather get wide receivers in that range as far as ADP goes and load up on the decent RBs or the decent wide receivers are better than the decent running backs in that range. Like at the end of the day, those wide receivers are going to have a better chance to blow up games. And, Cause I mean, you're not, they're not in your starting RB or wide receiver slots. Any of these guys anyway, I hope not at least, I mean, good Lord. Um, so I, I'm going to wait and take wide receivers before I take these running backs, and then I'm going to wait and take all these guys towards the bottom. Like, like I love guys like McKissick. I like I said, I love Jamal Williams. Uh, a couple other guys for this year I might like um, Khalil Herbert. I would say was is probably got a good chance to have some pretty good games just because of how explosive he can be. Um, Cordell Patterson's obviously not a bad bet. Um, I mean, maybe even end of the draft type thing like Raheem Mostert uh, if he's healthy and I've heard some pretty good reports out of camp uh, whether it be from him or in a couple other guys that he's looking and feeling great um, so just guys like that I, I like taking running backs that are more towards the end ex- apart from that middle RB kind of dead zone that I, I just don't really want to touch yeah I'm with you there Taylor I think if there's a guy Graham from that top group that you mentioned I think Kareem Hunt is really interesting just because of the Deshaun Watson news and that he will play this year. I think Hunt being the pass catching back in that offense, I, I think opportunities will be will be available to him. That's quite isn't that's quite a tandem. Deshaun Watson and Kareem Hunt. Who would who would have ever thought that would happen? Wow. Here we go. Um that the someone that I'm really interested in. Taylor, I know you mentioned uh Cordell Patterson, but on the flip side, what about Tyler Algier? 
like reports are you know, reports coming out of camp are very impressive on on Algier uh, that he may be you know the the starter you know week one for for the Falcons. Um, I know it's not the most exciting offense, at least for you guys. Like, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on Atlanta this year, just because I think Mariota brings something different to the table. Um, so I think he's someone like, I mean, his ADP is probably crazy low right now for for running back. So I mean, if I, he, I think I'd rather have Damian Williams, Damian than Williams. Tyler Algier, though, to be honest. Damian, Damian Williams has done it before. Algiers a rookie. I if I'm playing best ball, I I'm probably not going to have a rookie on my roster, like unless it's unless Brees they're Hall. just yeah. I mean maybe Brees Hall, um, but odds are like rookies rarely perform in their first year. So in best ball, I I try to stay away from them unless I can get a deal on them. So if I'm if I'm taking a guy like that late that might take over that top spot on the Falcons. I, I'd probably rather shoot at Damian Williams than I would Tyler Algier, to be honest. But running, I mean, rookie running backs produce, though. Like they do. Sometimes. Elijah Mitchell. Javante. Javante. That's a different class than Tyler Algier. It, it is, yes. Yeah, th- those are those are better players. Yeah, they're just better so, players. So to jump in here, I you know, I don't I don't mind Tyler Algier. I, I think he's honestly just I get Damian Williams has done it, but like, do I get excited about Damian Williams? And what is Damian no. Williams going to give you? Like nine, ten, eleven points? Yeah. Is he actually ever going to yeah, enter maybe. my best ball um, roster? Maybe so, once. It maybe. And so again, with best ball, like, yeah, I don't know about Tyler Algier. I have no idea. But on the off chance that yes, he's actually really good. Um, you know, J, you know, JJ Zacharyson has done all his studies and, you know, talking about ambiguous backfields, I think that's one where you've got guys going in middle and later rounds that a lot of times you can find value there where somebody pops off and, you know, that might be a shot, a spot to take a swing on. I, I will kind of tell you guys, so looking at my exposure on, uh, underdog here. So just to name guys outside that top 24, would it surprise you at all if my two most on running backs are Cam Akers and Chase Edmonds? Just throwing that out there. Uh, but behind them, so it's interesting you mentioned Raheem Mostert, who I have drafted, uh, and I actually will do that with Chase Edmonds. I know I don't like handcuffing, but just in case, I have done it. And honestly, I have pretty good amount of Sony Michelle as well, just because it's a guy in the very end of the draft that again, stepped in was sought after by LA last year that how many best ball rosters are going to have Sony Michelle on them. Right. And then come the end of the year, let's say they are implementing the scheme that San Francisco did where it is just downhill running. I like Mostert and I like Michelle in that kind of system. So other guys, you mentioned Jamal Williams. I've he's, Outside of the top 24 guys, my second most owned. Melvin Gordon is on here. You mentioned Naheem Hines. I do have Tyrion Davis-Price, so there's another rookie running back. Again, we've seen that San Francisco turnover at that position. Yeah, that, that's like the only team that I'd take a shot on, Tyrion, just because of their history. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a carousel. At that position. And then I do have yeah, other exactly. pass-catching pass backs, like you guys mentioned, of Michael Carter and J.D. McKissick as, as top-owned. Gus yeah. Edwards is kind of an honorable mention there. So just some guys that, as far as my drafts go, where I've looked. Uh, so you mentioned rookie running backs. So best ball, you know, some guys that are here in this top 36 to 40. We look at, you know, James Cook. We look at Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White. Any interest in any of those guys thinking that they may take some workload off of the starters that are there? 
Kenneth Walker is is the only one. Like Jay, Cook is going to be used. He's going to be as volatile as it gets because that, I mean Singletary is going to be heavily involved. He's going to be the starting running back, and Cook is he's going to be he's going to have some insane games, but he's That's... just gonna, he's going to be really really volatile. You're never going to be able to predict when he's going to have a great game. Well, and I'm I'm okay with that in best ball, right? Because he's just getting plugged into my lineup if he goes off. So I'm I, I like actually what you're saying, even though you're you're kind of putting in there that yes, he may have some dud weeks, right? Like figuring out what his good weeks are, are going to be impossible. Yeah, but I don't I don't have to set a lineup in best ball, you know. So it's just plugging him in when he does go off because he's a high scorer. So I don't mind that risk with a guy that James Cook, like James Cook, Cook who again I think. I mean, Chris, you're more, you know more about the Bills, but isn't that going to be the guy out of the backfield catching passes more so than Devin Singletary, would you think? Yeah, yes, most likely. I, I think for me, that's a situation where I'm more likely to avoid rather than go after in best ball just because of the, the chance. I mean, let's not forget about the other running back there. Um, it, yeah, it's that the Bills specifically are, is more of a chance to – have other guys go off then it would be the guy that I want. Like if I take one guy in that offense, let's say I take James Cook and I'm expecting him to like, oh, he's gonna have he's a good player, so he's gonna have some good games. Like they're gonna be less because there are other pretty decent running backs in that offense that will also do the same thing. I think for me of those couple guys you mentioned, I, I would rather have Isaiah Spiller. I mean he's got just just Austin Eckler and we've seen him get injured. Odds are he's gonna have more games where he gets a lot of work because of injury than some of these other younger guys that you can get practically for free. So if I'm taking a shot at an RB at the late of the draft, at the end of the draft, and it's rookie because they tend to fall, um, it, it's probably going to be Isaiah Spiller just because of the the potential I think is greater than the other rookie running backs. Probably Walker and Spiller are pretty close because Walker's got a quicker path to playing time. Um but I think that Spiller's playing time is going to be more valuable. Let's say they get the same amount of playing time. Spiller's playing time is going to be more valuable just yes. in that offense. So I think I'd rather have Spiller at where he's going than Walker than where you're going to have to take him. That's probably yeah, that's, I'd, that's fair. I'd agree with that. I think there's, I guess my concern is there's the off chance, right? That Rashad Penny is not the guy and they just, they play their rookie more than say a spiller or a white or a cook is going to get on touches. Um, yeah. which is why here in my rankings, I have Walker, which honestly is probably a little safe on my part, even though I shouldn't be doing that. So I may switch that up, but so I guess going back to kind of what you're talking about with the bills offense, right? The thing that elevates some of these rookies cook spiller, Rashad white is the offenses they're on. Um, we're in Buffalo, we're in, you know, the chargers offense and then Tom Brady down in Tampa. So, is there a scenario in best ball drafting that, like I mentioned with a Sony Michelle or Raheem Mostert, any chance as far as just game theory goes, you guys would draft, say, a Fournette and a Rashad White? Because when it comes to winning some of these big tournaments, if Leonard Fournette goes down, but he goes down in week 15 and he's carried you there, now all of a sudden you have Rashad White to plug in. You know, I think we saw something like that with Chris Carson last year, right? And then Penny plugging in yep. and being just a world beater at the end of the year. You could even talk about Rex Burkhead in uh, Houston last year, right? Yeah. So 
talk to me then this is more less about the players more about game theory of kind of how you would structure your best ball roster i know taylor you kind of mentioned not wanting to be in that the middle rounds right but this is where you're taking yeah. shots on some of these guys with just pure upside late yeah just real quick yeah i i still would certainly definitely keep my eyes on guys that are on those injury prone uh running back rooms you know uh even even guys like uh Oh God, I'm blood. Madison. I mean, I'm definitely keeping an eye on him. Can I get him late? I don't necessarily want. What What do I have to take him over? Right. What What am I going to have to take Madison over? Is another player going to help my team? Then I'd be happy to let Madison walk to another team. But if I can afford to take him at that place, then I'm going to I'm, I'm going to love to have him on my roster just for that chance that Cook goes down again. And we've always. I mean, it's happened pretty much every single time. Madison has just absolutely gone off in games that Cook is down. So. Keep keep your eyes on guys that uh, are behind injury-prone running backs, for sure. I like the Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller take, though. Um, just because of the offense he's surrounded in, and the Chargers do use they, they do use their, their backup running backs quite a bit. Like, Justin Jackson yeah. had some great games last year. I am a little concerned about, like, if you wanted to pair Fournette and Rashad White, like, I get it, but I'd be more concerned with that. Just because, like, the whole lot... Look, this is Todd Bowles. This may be like Todd Bowles may be the head coach, but like this is Tom Brady's team. And is Tom Brady really going to trust a rookie with with like a heavy workload if Fournette ever ever went down? So that's that's my one big concern. Um, why I like Spiller more more than White, but I get why you would do it. I'd be more inclined to 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 have Eckler and I and and Spiller on on a best ball team. Yeah, yeah, I think that that makes sense, and definitely the the Tom Brady corollary there with not liking, not wanting to trust the the unproven guys, right? So, last question, and then we'll get into some hot takes. But look at a backfield. Say we talked about Atlanta. Let's say Houston, and honestly, I'm kind of gonna lump in Kansas City here as well because a lot of people are not fans of Ceh. But talk to me about those three backfields, and we're talking late rounds, right? Is there anybody that actually interests you in those backfields that you would want to take a shot on? Uh, and we're talking about a draft that goes 18 when it's super flex, you know, 20 yeah. rounds. So, so you're talking real late. You're not at, you're passing on, you know, wide Kansas receivers. Kansas City, Houston, and who? Uh, Kansas City, Houston, and Atlanta. So you're passing on guys like, Corey Davis, Marquez Calloway, Sterling Shepard, like those types of players. So either way, you're taking a shot in the dark and hoping for injury. But those backfields seem a little bit open. I mean, where, it's Kansas City, right? Yeah, where if somebody grabs the job, you're talking about volume, which at the running back position yeah. is king. It's, I think it's them for sure. Um, so who are, you, who are you taking then? If you're looking at Kansas City, are you risking with CEH or are you hanging out and then taking a gross Ronald Jones? Is Jarek McKinnon going to do okay, what he well, did last year? Not at all. First of all, let's get <laughs> Ronald Jones completely. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about him. Um, Taylor, you really hate Ronald Jones. Dude, I mean, everyone should. He's just not. But, he's just not. He's so, not a thing. I, I be, never going to be a thing. I don't like him. I don't trust me. I don't. I don't think he's that good, but. If you're in an offense without Hill, if Kelsey's the red zone threat, I know you're high on Juju, but could we see more rushing attempts in the red zone? And do you want that as CEH or Jarek McKinnon, or are you going to give it to Ronald Jones? Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked great in the red zone. 
when he gets the ball, he just, I mean, I remember I had him in our league and I would, so I really pay attention to those games and he's not he'd great. Looked, like when he got the ball in the red zone, he looked great. He's not okay. good. He, can get, he can get the ball in the end zone though when giving it to him. Right. He had like four touchdowns called back. Taylor, anyway, Taylor says I also saw, I also heard Isaiah Pacheco looks great. So take that as you will. All these guys kind of suck. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, I think it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire easily over all of them. I don't. I'd rather have Chris. Him. What you got? You got anybody in Houston? You mentioned Tyler Algier, and then what do you think about Kansas City's backfield? I mean, Clyde's going to go higher than I want him to. Like, no, like I drive. Cly- I drive Clyde as my RB four, and I would be. I'd be happy with that, but I don't yeah. want him as my R. You'd have to RB4. take him as your three, though. Yeah, I. I'm just not interested, like at all in that. Tough. Um, like not like not if I could get like if, not if I could get like Chase Edmonds or Miles Sanders as my RB three like that. I'd, I'd much rather do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm taking like Damien Harris over him, maybe even like Melvin Gordon, Rashad Penny over Clyde Edwards-Helaire. To be honest, just yeah. I don't know. It, it'd be if it stays the way it is. Like if something happens to Jones. I I might go back to taking Clyde over them just just because of the expected workload that's going to come his way. But I just like this. Yeah, it's Kansas, just tough. Can't, like Kansas City's, it could be a timeshare, and that would be worse. especially when a guy like him was expected to just go off, and then he doesn't really. Yeah, uh, it because leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. System is a really bad taste. Outstanding. But yeah, exactly. It work out just leaves bad. It just leaves bad taste. Um, I know Mahomes likes Jared McKinnon, so like that's kind of appealing, but also not. It's just the third guy, um, in that on that depth chart just isn't appealing to me. Houston's yeah. gonna be a mess. Like I don't know who's gonna be their starter. Like is Marlon Mack gonna be the guy, or is Rex is sexy Rexy gonna, you know, is still is he still gonna be around, or if they both get hurt, you know, it'd be nice to have Damian Pierce, but it. I think Pierce is a guy you could take a shot on, kind of like Algier, but it's just a it's a disaster. I hate all these guys. All right, there we go. We got three backfields that we may just be completely avoiding here. So, all right, <laughs> Ellis, that's it for best ball rankings. Uh, we will have these up on QCFantasy.com as well, so all of you can check them out before going into your drafts. Wide receivers coming up next. Before we sign off here, guys, hot takes, best ball, running backs, what do we have? Aaron Jones, top five. Call it a day. All right. That's all I got to say. It's been a good day. Okay. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got, I think he goes off. So I don't, for me, it's not, I don't even think it's a hot take, but I feel like to the public, it is. So it's kind of a cop out, kind of not. Um, but I think he finishes top five easily. You got to look at guys that are probably going to miss time. I mean, it happens every year. If he's not one of those guys, he's top five. And I'm not even questioning it. Like, like I said, Dylan finishes mid RB two. Like I'm not surprised if he finishes top five. I'm certainly not surprised. Okay. Chris, what you got? Um, by the way, that's a homer pick. I know we always get on Chris for being a homer, so Taylor, stop being No, come on. All right, Chris, what you got? Look at his finishes. <laughs> Proof's in the pudding. And I don't even like pudding. Okay, this... Yeah, I, I, I'm, 
I'm going for it. I'm not sure if I 100% believe it, but I'm like, James Cook I'm like 80% there. That uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out two here. There's two I like. Uh, Tony Pollard outproduces Zeke this year. Ooh. Ooh. And God. Miles Sanders top twenty RB this year. Oh my God! Whoa. Okay. I don't. I don't hate it. There's a lot of Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson slander out there because workload, but the uh, the Pollard one is interesting. It'll be intriguing to see how many snaps he gets. Maybe not he, in the backfield. Right. He has to. He, he's, I mean. It it probably means nothing, but James Washington getting hurt only solidifies Pollard's potential expanded role in the offense. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. So not not quite best ball related, but somewhat obviously. And we've I've touched on this before, but I'm gonna go uh, Damian Harris. Damian Harris does not finish the season as a New England Patriot. Oh my God! What? I don't know where he's going to be, but there are going to be injuries. They drafted two running backs. They played a rookie running back last year, Ramondre Stevenson, that Bill Belichick never does, and trusted him with the ball, and he performed. Damian Harris coming up on a new contract, which they're not going to extend. They're going to get some supplemental draft pick from some random team that's trying to compete at the end of the year that needs a running back. And Damian Harris will not be a New England Patriot by the end of the season. Hey, they always trade a big name pretty much every season. Offense, defense, special teams, Tom Brady, doesn't matter. So I could see that. He could be that big name easily. It's not going to be Mac Jones. They've, they already traded away their other big name, Nikhil Harry. So who do they else have? Well, I was about to say, they don't have any big name wide receivers to trade. So. <laughs> they just they restructured Jake Bailey's contract. Like That's big news for New England these days. I guess Hunter. if you're a Jake Jake Bailey fan, good for good for Jake Bailey and his family. Hey, all right for the brand, fellas. Best ball wide receivers next. Excited for it. We can we can really dive into that one. You know, going three wide receivers deep, going flex spots. It's going to be exciting. We love high scoring offenses and passing. So for now, sign off. Opportunity, fellas. Appreciate you. Have a good one. See you guys. Peace. I'm dropping Nick Chubb in the rankings just because Oh my god. Can't, can't, That's ridiculous. Doesn't even catch a pass. He'll he catch, could be an RB1. He'll catch I don't two, even care. He'll catch two passes all year. <clears throat> RB1. RB1. Jeez. Who catches more passes, me or Nick Chubb? Ooh. I'd tough. Damian Harris. He'll definitely have more drops than you, though. <laughs>